Teach us what it means that you offer us a fresh start through the forgiveness of our sins. In your name we pray. Amen. God's peace be with you all, dear friends in Christ. Those of you who are familiar with our traditional Lutheran liturgy know that at one point in the traditional order of service, the pastor speaks these words to the congregation, the Lord be with you, and the congregation responds, and also with you. Well, one particular Lutheran pastor was leading the service one Sunday, but his microphone wasn't working quite right. Of course, we never have that problem here, do we? Yeah, we often have that problem. But he was leading the service, and he came to that point, but he said, ah, there's something wrong with this microphone, and the people didn't miss a beat, and they all said, and also with you. Well, let me tell you, yeah, there's something wrong with me. I admit it. Probably both of us pastors will say that. But if I can be so bold, there's something wrong with you too. You see, we, we all have this same common problem. The common problem is we have common parents all the way back to Adam and Eve. And they disobeyed God and their sin was passed on to us. And we all have the same problem. There's something wrong with all of us. We have this sinful nature. And out of our sinful nature comes sinful behavior. And that means, friends, we all need a fresh start. A fresh start that only God himself can give. In today's gospel reading from John chapter 8, we heard the story about someone who not only needed a fresh start, but who was, was offered one and received one from Jesus. It's the story of that woman who had evidently violated the sixth commandment. And some of the Pharisees and other religious leaders of Jesus' day brought the woman in front of Jesus. They wanted her to be punished for what she had done, but they also had another motive. Their real intention was to trap Jesus in failing to uphold Levitical law seeing to it that this woman be stoned to death, and they wanted to see that Jesus himself would be punished. Well, Jesus bent down, and he started to write on the ground with his finger. You know, you know this story, don't you? Have you ever wondered what it was Jesus wrote in the dirt with his finger that day? John doesn't tell us what he wrote. He just says he wrote something in the dirt. Of course, we can only speculate on what it is he wrote in the dirt that day. Maybe what he wrote was, where is the man involved in this incident? Right? I just brought the woman forward. Where's the man? Or maybe what Jesus wrote was, some of the sins that he saw in the hearts and minds of these accusers of this woman. Maybe he knelt down and he wrote things like self-righteousness or hatred or greed or lust, envy, hypocrisy. Or maybe more positively speaking, maybe what Jesus wrote was something like mercy or grace, 
or forgiveness. Well, we don't know what he wrote, but we know that the religious leaders were all ready to stone this woman to death. They had their stones in their hands, ready to throw them at this woman and at Jesus too. They were ready to make sure punishment would be dealt out. And Jesus looks at his accusers and he says, If any one of you is without sin, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. And then Jesus stooped back down and wrote some more in the dirt. And then one by one, the accusers dropped their stones and walked away. And there's an interesting little detail that John tells us. The oldest ones walked away first. The oldest ones. Why would they walk away first? They'd lived long, longer than everybody else, and they'd sinned a lot more than everybody else, and they were all too aware of their faults and failings, and they walked away. And then Jesus turned to this woman, and he says to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. Clearly, the woman was offered a fresh start in life by Jesus that day. It was a wonderful new beginning for her. But did you notice that someone else in this story was offered a fresh start as well? Maybe you didn't quite catch it. Somebody else in this story was offered a fresh start, those religious leaders. You see, Jesus could see that they too needed a change of heart. He could look right into them and and he could see their self-righteousness and that that self-righteousness had blinded them to their own sin. Jesus was essentially offering them a fresh start as well, if they would receive it. Here's a question for you. With whom in this story do you relate most? With whom in this story do you relate most? Just look at the different characters in that story. With whom do you relate most? Who do you connect with? Who do you identify with most? I would guess that at some level, we all relate with that woman. Let's be honest. We can all readily think of things that we regret doing or saying, myself included. But you know, if I'm honest, there are times when I relate just as much with the accusers. Whenever I start comparing myself with others to rationalize my own behaviors, I'm like them. Or when I look down on others as if I'm better than them or somehow I'm more deserving of God's goodness and his attention, then I've become like the accusers. In fact, any time that I think that someone else's sin is worse than mine, I become that person with a stone in my hand. And now we have a choice, don't we? We can either throw the stone 
or we can drop it. What will we do? You know, everybody in that story except Jesus was a sinner. Every one of them. And every one of those persons needed a fresh start. And so do you and I today. We need a fresh start. And friends, a fresh start begins with an honest recognition of one's condition. You think about David in the Old Testament. King David, the king of Israel, revered as a man after God's own heart. David learned that lesson, that a fresh start begins with an honest recognition of his condition. David, as you recall, at one point in his life, committed some grave sins that became public. He he committed adultery with Bathsheba. He had Bathsheba's husband murdered to cover it all up. He tried to paint this all as okay. Then he was confronted by the prophet Nathan, and he acknowledged his wrong, confessed his sin, and was forgiven. Later in his life, David wrote about his experience. He communicated what he had gone through in the form of a prayer to God, and he wrote it as a psalm. It's Psalm number 51 in the Old Testament. I'm going to read just a part of that psalm. Listen to his words. He said, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love. According to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only, have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So you are right in your verdict and justified when you judge. David confessed his sin, and he experienced God's forgiveness of his sin. You see, David discovered that what God really wants from us is a genuine humility and sorrow over our sin, as well as trust in him as the one who can and will forgive our sin. Later in Psalm 51, it says this in verse 17, A broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. A broken and contrite heart, that's what God wants from us. A contrite heart, that gentle, humble sorrow over our sin. I remember an early experience of feeling contrite. Let me tell you about it. I was about eight or nine years old. At that time in my life, our family lived in St. Louis, Missouri, and our street had lots of young families with children. I had lots of playmates. And back in the, in the mid-60s, the way you uh, got your friends to come out of the house to play with you is you walked up to their house and you called their name, Billy, Billy, until Billy opened the door, and then you'd go out and play. Anybody else ever do that, or was that just a St. Louis thing? I don't know. Uh, Midwest thing. I don't know. But that's what we did. And so one day, uh, a couple of buddies and I went up to Billy Harris's house. Now, I've changed the name for the sake of anonymity because we record these sermons. You know, anybody can hear them across the country. So for the sake of anonymity, I'm using the name Billy Harris. So but my buddies and I, we went up to Billy Harris's house and we called his name and nobody came to the door. And we were kind of wrestling around, you know, just sort of messing around on the front porch in front of the door. And there were two flower pots 
that Mrs. Harris had put on her porch. And as we were scuffling around, I knocked into one of them and knocked it over, and it shattered into pieces. I felt so bad for what I had done. Nobody ever came to the door. My friends took off as soon as this happened. There I was. Nobody ever came to the door, but I felt so bad. I I went back to the house. I told my mom what had happened. She assured me things would be okay, but she said, you and I will walk up and talk to Mrs. Harris later when she's back. And so we did that. Mom and I walked up to Mrs. Harris's house. She came to the door. I told her what happened. I apologized. I felt so bad and explained that I would save my allowance to buy her a new flower pot. You see, these were very special flower pots her grown daughter had bought for her at a special place. And I ruined one of them. Fast forward years later, I'm an adult, and I go back to visit the old neighborhood to see who's still living there. I was just curious. Indeed, a number of the neighbors were still living there, including Mrs. Harris. So I went up to Mrs. Harris's door and knocked on it. She came out, and I have to tell you, Mrs. Harris was still mad at me about that flower pot. (laughs) So I just take comfort in the fact that Jesus forgives me, even if Mrs. Harris doesn't forgive me. The name has changed to protect her anonymity. Okay. Contrition. It's what God wants. Genuine, honest contrition. Being genuinely sorry for what we do. You know, Jesus' first words in Mark 1, verse 15 were these. He said, the time has come. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. Repent, he said. That's what it's about, isn't it? Repentance, it literally means in the Greek, a change mind, a change of mind, that we change our thinking, we do a 180-degree turn away from a sinful lifestyle to a God-pleasing lifestyle, repentance. Jesus said repent, to be so genuinely sorry for our sin that we never want to sin again. That's a change of mind. Let me ask you, of what do you need to repent. Of what do you need to repent? Perhaps it is some violation of God's commandments. Maybe it's something you've done wrong. Maybe it's something that you failed to do that you should have done right. Or perhaps you need to repent of your stone-throwing tendencies. Well, let's see, it ended up down here, didn't it? Maybe you need to repent of your tendency to want to throw this at people. Has your judgment of others blinded you to your own failings? You know, in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 7, Jesus addressed this all too common human attitude. Listen to what he said. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Rather graphic picture Jesus gives us there. Now just imagine that for a moment. You've got a wooden plank sticking out of your eye. 
but now you're going to go up to somebody else and, and try to get a speck of sawdust out of his eye or her eye? <laughs> Jesus' point is well taken. Deal with your own issue first. Then you'll be able to be of some assistance to others out of love and appreciation of your own forgiveness. Yeah. You see, a fresh start begins with an honest recognition of one's condition. It means admitting our sin, being honest enough to admit it. And from there, something really new then can take place. You see, God can do something with a repentant heart. But when we have hearts of stone that are resistant and unwilling to admit that we have problems, God can't do anything with that cold, hard, stony heart. But when we're repentant, ah, a fresh start can happen. And we experience a fresh start when God forgives our sin. Remember Jesus' first words in Mark 1.15, repent and believe the good news. Ah, there's the secret to the fresh start. After repentance comes believing the good news, and the good news centers on what Jesus himself did for us that we could not do for ourselves. It centers on a cross where Jesus gave his very life as payment for our sins and an empty tomb where victory over sin, death, and hell was assured to us that through faith in Jesus we know we're forgiven and we're on our way to heaven and that a resurrection will come our way too. You see, we are now able to gladly drop the stones of hypocrisy that we once carried because Jesus has carried the weight of our sin and nailed it to the cross never to be brought back again. And likewise, we are free from the fear of being stoned for our sins all because another stone was rolled away from the tomb of our Savior Jesus, setting us free. So let me ask you, do you need a fresh start today? Trust in Jesus as your Savior, for in Him there is forgiveness And in him, there is new life and a fresh start every single day. I love the way the Old Testament prophet Micah says it in his book in chapter 7. He says, who is a God like you who pardons sin and forgives the transgression of the remnant of his inheritance? You do not stay angry forever, but you delight to show mercy. You will again have compassion on us. You will tread our sins underfoot. And then catch this last phrase. And you will hurl all our iniquities into the depths of the sea. What a beautiful graphic image that our sins are cast away, never to be brought back again like they've been cast to the bottom of the sea. Let me ask you, what do you need hurled into the depths of the sea? Is it time for a fresh start? In a moment, we're going to do our order of confession and absolution in a very different way. We're going to have a time of silence where we ask the Holy Spirit to show us our failings, and then we'll join in the prayer of confession of our sins together to God. 
after the prayer of confession, I'm going to ask you to take that little piece of paper you were given. By the way, this is a special kind of paper. It disintegrates in water. I'm going to ask you to write on that piece of paper whatever it is you would like to have hurled into the depths of the sea, whatever it is you need God to forgive, whatever you need to be rid of, finally and forever. Write it on there, fold it in half, and in the time of reflection during the singing of the song, if you would like to, feel free to walk up and drop it in one of these containers of water and watch it disintegrate. If you don't want to come forward, that's okay. You can take it home with you and do that at home. Just drop it in a cup of water. It'll go away. And then we'll hear the absolution, God's word of grace and forgiveness. But let's start in silence asking God to show us our failings.